Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This episode of the Bear Stock Underground is brought to you by Sports Drink. Your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or in social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in Sports Drink. Spelled like Sports Drink, but without the vowels. So S-P-R-T-S-D-R-N-K. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let out the funk. <laughs> What's up, guys? Back for the week two NFL review episode here. And um, I got to admit, I'm uh, playing a little hurt. Um, uh, I um, caught my niece's uh, cold while I was home visiting the family this past uh, weekend and um, called my dad this morning to see if anybody else was uh, f- had fallen ill and... Uh, Everybody but him, apparently, because I, I think maybe he's just too stubborn to get sick. But my uh, my brother, my niece's dad, and uh, my stepmom, uh, all showing symptoms, at least, uh, of, uh, you know, catching the little one's bug. And uh, I may not sound like it, but I got the sore throat. I, got the, I had the fever sweats this morning uh, and everything. And um, I'm going to try to get through this as quickly and yet as efficiently uh, as possible <laughs> Uh, for you guys, before the uh, cough drop, I just uh, I just had to uh, soothe the throat a little bit. Uh, wears off, so uh, let's go ahead and dive right in. We got 16 games to get to. Let's see how my win loss record uh, added up. And if you're looking at the graphic, you probably already know. But uh, we'll go ahead and do it game by game and see how it all ends up. This is the Week Two NFL Review episode of the Bears Talk Underground. So let's get to it. So week two started off with me not listening to my gut um, to avoid any controversy like we did for week one. I decided to go public uh, with my first pick before I got to record uh, the uh, preview episode for the schedule. And I swear to you (laughs) that before I posted it, I swear it said I'm reluctantly picking the Chiefs. Because I didn't want to pick the Chiefs. I, I like the Chargers, and I, I'm hoping that they're going to uh, make a move, some switch some things up out there in the AFC West. They made some really nice moves during the offseason. I think they're on the right track uh, and everything. And they got a great quarterback in Herbert. And at the last minute, I changed my mind. You know what? The hell with it. I'm going with the Chargers. And you know what? That didn't look like a bad pick. Uh, right up until the moment that uh, Herbert threw that pick six that absolutely flipped the game. You know, it's it's 17 to 17. The Chargers are driving down the field. I forget there, I mean, maybe, you know, four or five minutes left in the game, if that. Um, they're driving down. And, and if you remember the sequence of plays, the play just before the interception uh, was a pass to Gerald Everett, their tight end, who wanted to come off the field. He was, he was gassed or he was tired. He wanted to come off the field. They made him stay out there, and that's who Herbert was throwing the ball to. 
and he didn't really properly run the route. He was he was gassed. He needed a break, and instead they left him out there, and he didn't make the move Herbert anticipated, and next thing you know, a seventh-round pick is, is running it back 90-something yards. I think it was 99 yards, actually, uh, for the touchdown, and that was the ball game uh, right there. I mean, the Chiefs added another field goal, and, um, you know, Herbert, despite uh, having fractured his rib cartilage during the drive, was able to get the Chargers um, down the field and score another touchdown. I mean, it was a hell of a thing, too, because there was one play like third and one. He could have ha- he could have run for the first down. He had all the, all the space in the world to, to safely get the first down, get out of bounds, the whole nine yards. And instead, he kind of pulls up and throws this lame pass where you see he is absolutely like in debilitating pain uh, at the moment and you're like why is he still in there? get him out of there you know let chase daniel come in there lead him down the field i mean he's done it before he can do it and um but instead he stays in there and then on fourth and fourth and one throws a dart for a first down and then a few plays later throws another awesome throw uh to his tight end in the end zone for the touchdown uh to bring him within a field goal onside kick uh recovered by the chiefs that's ball game Chiefs win 27-24, and, you know, like I said, kind of wish I'd have listened to my gut, but I let my heart do the talking, and I wanted the Chargers to win, so I picked them, even though I I knew that the Chiefs would probably be on top uh, for that one. That, that one is uh, Bears-Packers for me as far as, like, I, as much as I want to pick the Bears, as much as I just would give anything for the Bears to start beating up on the Packers. They're just not ready yet, so I can't pick them to do it yet, no matter how much I want them to. Same thing with the Chiefs and the Chargers. Chargers are going to have to go out there and beat them a couple of times before I'd feel uh, good about picking them uh, to win uh, again. So my week gets off to an 0-1 start, going with my head instead of my uh, going with my heart instead of my head, um, you know, and that's one that I let get away uh, with uh, from me this week. Now we move on to the Sunday games, and there are three games in this Sunday, this crazy, crazy Sunday, where we had some late fourth-quarter comebacks, all by road teams, to come over and win the game. Two of them cost me victories this week. The Jets, this this matchup being the first of those, uh, the Jets beating the Browns. uh, The Jets led 30-17 to with two minutes, two seconds to go in the ballgame. When the Jets got the ensuing kickoff, they, uh, Flacco hits Corey Davis for a 66-yard touchdown. They recover the onside kick, and then a few plays later, Flacco hits Garrett Wilson for the game winner with 25 seconds to go. Um, and just like that, I, I went from uh, you know having made the right choice to Joe Flacco, uh, who was an absolute just dud last week against his old team, uh, in the Ravens, uh, pretended like he was still with the Ravens because I think I saw a graphic that said he was like 18-3 and three against the Browns in his time uh, with Baltimore and just adding to that win total uh, by beating them once again in Cleveland, uh, scoring twice in the last uh, two minutes uh, to win it. Turns out that, the, um, that last week's hero, Cade York, that hit the 58-yarder to beat the Panthers – was this year's GOAT, if you, or this week's GOAT, if you will, because he missed a PAT uh, when they went up 30-17. to 17, He missed the PAT, 
and that ended up being the pri- the difference in the game. Uh, the Jets kicker made his kick, and uh, that extra point ended up being the killer. They lose 31-30, to uh, making me 0-2 on the week. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. Moving on. This one I just flat out got wrong. I, I thought the, uh, the way with Wentz and, and how he came, came on strong at the end of the ballgame against the Jaguars last week would be enough to carry over uh, with the Lions. I, you know, I, I was kind of still looking at the Lions through the 2021 lens, and, and like they did the exact same thing last week with the Eagles that they did last year, week one, with the 49ers, was that the 49ers jumped out to this huge lead, and then the Lions came roaring back, at the end, but in the end, it just wasn't enough. The 49ers won, and then last week, same thing happened with Philly. They're up 35 to 20 or 20, whatever the, whatever, 38 to 21. They score two touchdowns, make it 38-35, but in the end, Philly shut them down, ball game over. Uh, instead, uh, the Lions were beast in beast mode the whole time. 22 to nothing lead at the half. They never looked back. Uh, Goff had four touchdowns. Uh, 246 yards passing, uh, the, you know, the Michigan phenom, Aiden Hutchinson, three sacks, uh, in the ball game. And I mean, and Wentz was still good three, uh, three thirty-seven and three touchdowns in the losing effort, uh, for the commanders. I mean, they, they scored, uh, 27 points in the second half. Cause like I said, they were down 22, nothing, uh, midway through, but, um, you know, the 27 points wasn't enough. They got to show up for, you got to play all 60 minutes, uh, if you want to win the, uh, the ball game. The Lions looked impressive, especially in that first half. Uh, they take the win, thirty-six to twenty-seven, dropping me to zero and three on the week uh, so far. So, like I said, that one I just flat out got wrong. I thought the Commanders would win it. The Lions come ahead uh, and steal it. Moving on down to New Orleans, where the Saints take on the Buccaneers. Uh, Tom Brady yet to beat the Saints in the regular season uh, in the Superdome. Uh, I think that even carries over into his Patriot days, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, certainly as in his time as uh, the Bucks uh, quarterback. And um, it was another rough offensive showing for him. Brady only threw for like 190 yards. He, he had one touchdown. The offense had only third, 13 first downs, 5 of 17 on third downs. So they just weren't really getting anything going. Uh, the good thing is the Bucks defense showed out again. Absolutely just slammed. Uh, the Saints, six sacks, uh, forced five turnovers, hold the Saints to, to 10 points. And, uh, you know, the Buccaneers were able to win it 20 to 10 uh, to, uh, to, to stay undefeated. They're 2-0. and They beat the Cowboys last week. Uh, the Saints fall to 1-1. Uh, uh, one and, one. and the Buccaneers uh, did lose something. They lost Mike Evans for one game for uh, getting into a fight with uh, Marshawn Lattimore. I guess uh, Marshawn Lattimore was jawing it up with uh, Brady, and here comes Mike Evans to kind of, you know, get between him and everything, turned into this little fracas there in the middle of the field. NFL handed out judgment yesterday on uh, Tuesday, saying that, uh, or Monday, excuse me. Well, you're listening to this on Wednesday. I'm recording this on Tuesday. Yesterday on Monday, uh, they handed down that he will be ejected, or he was ejected. He'll be suspended uh, for one game. So the Bucks' offense would be a little shorthanded. Uh, when uh, they take the field next weekend. But the Bucks won. I got the pick right, so I'm finally on the board. I'm 1-3 uh, as we move through the uh, schedule here. And you got to forgive me uh, with the shortness uh, of these reviews. Uh, if you guys remember when I was talking yesterday about how I ended up staying a day later 
uh, at the with my family instead of coming home Saturday, and then I would have had all day Sunday to to watch Sunday NFL Ticket and watch a lot of these games and, and get you know uh, some pictures in my mind about what things were going on. I was on the road literally the entire afternoon uh, on Sunday. By the time I finally got home from uh, from my father's place in Indiana, um, the late games were finishing up and uh, football night in America preparing for Bears Packers was already uh, on the air. So I literally didn't get to watch any games except for the Bears and the Packers on Sunday night and the Monday night games. Those were the only games I saw uh, this week. So a lot of what I'm uh, reviewing here, I mostly either, maybe I saw some highlights here and there, but it's mostly uh, things that I read on the net. And that's why you're getting a lot more stats than you probably would have had I had a chance to actually watch the uh, games. So just wanted to throw that little caveat in there. I apologize. Uh, I'll be more prepared uh, next week because I don't have plans on doing anything but watching football next Sunday. So anyway, Giants Panthers. Here's another one I got wrong. The Panthers just let me down flat out uh, on this one. Not a lot of offense on on either side. Neither offense over 300 yards. Uh, they were combined eight for 30 on third down. So a lot of punts uh, taking place. Uh, the, the star running backs, uh, you know, were productive. McCaffrey had 102 yards rushing Barkley, 72, uh, yards rushing. But for the most part, this was a game of field goals and, uh, Graham Gano, uh, for the giants hit four, uh, field goals, including the game winner with about three minutes, 30 seconds, uh, to go, uh, the ensuing, uh, drive for the, uh, Panthers, uh, they went three and out, uh, with Mayfield being sacked on third down, having to punt the ball back and the giants, uh, never gave it back to the uh, Panthers, so they win it, nineteen to sixteen. They are two and zero on the year. I did not see that coming. I had them losing to Tennessee, and obviously, I thought the Panthers would bounce back and win this one, despite being uh, on the road. But uh, you know, Brian Dable's got his team off to a two and zero start. Uh, the Bears get him in a couple weeks uh, in New York uh, as well. So uh, this is an important game for the Bears this Sunday when they play the uh, Texans. I think the Giants are playing the Cowboys, if I'm not mistaken, uh, this week. So big game for them uh, as well, because uh, I think they're in first place. All about, no, the Eagles are two and zero as well. But you know, tied for first place in the division, want to keep the Cowboys down uh, while uh, you know Dak is not around. But that's another L for me. So I'm one in four uh, on the week so far. Uh, here's another game. Not a lot of offense taking place. Patriots, uh, Steelers. Mitch not able to uh, work any home magic uh, for the Steelers. Uh, uh, No sacks for the Steelers in the first game without T.J. Watt. Mac Jones was untouched as far as that was concerned. Threw for 252 and a touchdown. uh, Bouncing back from last week's performance against the uh, Dolphins. Had a really nice touchdown throw, and I forgot to write down who the uh, receiver was. Um, But, uh, you know, 17-14, to was the final score between these two teams. The Patriots take the win. I take the loss because I thought the Steelers had this one. Uh, now I am 1-5 and five, uh, on the week. So it's not looking good for the kid. And then here was my upset special. I thought the, uh, the Colts would figure out how to win a game in Jacksonville. And uh, I could not have been more wrong about that because uh, the Colts uh, were there in spirit. But uh, that was about it because they lost that game to the Jags, all credit to the Jags, Uh, Lawrence, um, Trevor Lawrence, sorry, Trevor Lawrence, 25 of 30, damn near perfect, 
235 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, just an outstanding, efficient afternoon. Not exactly, you know, blowing up the, um, you know, stat board or anything, but 235, two touchdowns, no picks on 25 of 30. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty goddamn great. Uh, Matt Ryan, on the other hand, also threw attempted 30 passes, only completed 16 for 195 yards and three interceptions. So, yeah, there you go. Colts were 2 of 10 on third down, 218 total yards, and the Jaguars mustered five sacks uh, on Matt Ryan. So they really did shut the Colts down, um, literally and figuratively, 24 to nothing uh, over the Colts. The Jags, at this point, are in first place at 1 and 1 because the Titans lost uh, to Buffalo, as everybody knows. The Colts are 0 1 and 1. The Texans lost their 0 1 and 1. And the Titans, who are the division champs last year, 0-2 right now. Jacksonville's sitting pretty at 1-1. and And they should have won last week against Washington, which is crazy. So, but uh, I should have taken that. This was another one where I didn't, uh, this was where I didn't uh, listen to my gut. Um, and I thought maybe the Colts would be able to exercise the demons now that they have Matt Ryan and all that kind of stuff. And it turns out he was their Achilles heel with the three picks and getting sacked. Uh, five times so my upset special is a dud and uh, I don't get it right but if you think an upset special then in one one aspect I am right because if I said the Colts winning would be an upset then that meant the Jaguars should have won that they were the favorite team and I you know I'm not going to take the win because I didn't get it right so that puts me at one in six uh, for the week thus far but uh, you know it's going to be a long time before I pick the Colts to win a game in Jacksonville again you wait and see now we get on to the second of our three uh, wild and crazy finishes with the Miami Dolphins on the road at Baltimore taking on the Ravens. And, and you know, the Ravens were ahead 35-14 to 14 at the end of the third quarter. I mean, Lamar, Lamar Jackson was going off. He had 318 yards passing, another 119 yards rushing, including a 79-yard touchdown run that gave the Ravens that 35-14 uh, to 14, uh, lead. But the Dolphins went on a 28-3 run in the fourth quarter uh, uh, with uh, Tua hitting Jalen Waddle from seven yards out for the game winner. Tua, on the other hand, 469 and six touchdowns to uh, lead that uh, crazy uh, fourth quarter uh, for, the, uh, for the Dolphins. And this was one where the team coming back and winning benefited me because I thought the Dolphins' defense would be the story of this game, shutting down the Ravens like they did last year. Um, but instead it wasn't like, I think that game was like the final score was like 22 to 10 uh, in that one. This one, 42 to 38, you got 80 points on the board between these two teams. And it's the dolphin offense uh, that were, uh, you know, writing stories about this week with Tua and his six touchdowns and nearly 500 yards passing dolphins win it 48, 32, Give me a win. I'm, I'm, I'm working my way back, baby. I'm 2-6 and six now. Here I come. Watch out for me. I think we're into the Sunday, night, Sunday afternoon games now. Yeah, with this one. Uh, Rams, Falcons still in SoFi. The defending champs looking to redeem themselves after their embarrassing loss to the Bills uh, on uh, you know, Thursday night opener. Uh, but truthfully, after the way that the Bills pounded the Titans into the turf, uh, I got to say that it probably wasn't the, the Rams probably don't feel as bad as they did uh, before. But, uh, you know, they still lost 31 to 10. But uh, after watching the Titans lose 41 to 7 to the Rams, 
well, they don't feel as bad, and or maybe they can relate because that's the beating that they took last week. But they invited the Falcons into SoFi uh, on Sunday, and this was almost another one of those comeback uh, games. The Rams were ahead 31-10 to in the fourth quarter, 12-16 uh, to go in the game, and the Falcons went on a 17-0 and uh, run. But it was really interesting how they got those points. They have... They had a touchdown drive from Mariota and company to uh, pull within 14. It was uh, 13, 31 to uh, 17. Then the Falcons block a punt, run it in for a uh, touchdown, and go for two. Now it's 31 to 25. And then I was never able to find the highlight on how they got the safety because all it says is so-and-so rushed to the right for 26 yards, and it was a safety. So I think that the Rams took a safety and gave the ball back to the Falcons with X amount of time. Um, and, but that was the end of the scoring, 31-27. The Rams are able to hold on. The Rams got some work to do, man. you got to play a 60-minute uh, ball game. Uh, they played a, a decent first half against the Bills and then didn't show up in the second half uh, to get you know rolled over. Uh, and this time, they played three really decent quarters um, to, to have a 31 to 10 lead with 12 minutes to go. But it was that fourth quarter. They damn near gave this thing away. So Sean McVay and, and the champs got to tighten it up a bit. Uh, when, cause you know, the Falcons aren't actually a pretty good, are not a very good football team, uh, right now. And they just about ran the champs out of their own building for them to start Owen two. So yeah, they got some work to do out there, uh, in LA. So moving on to San Francisco and, uh, the 49ers looking to redeem, themselves from the upset loss to our beloved Chicago Bears last Sunday. Um, but unfortunately, it would come with a price. Uh, Trey Lance, I think early in the first quarter, lost for the season with an ankle injury that required surgery. The good news is the surgery he had on Monday pretty much right away, and it was successful. Says that he's going to make a complete and full recovery uh, from the injury, but he is done uh, for 2022. And so silver lining that they, that A, they never traded Jimmy G and that B got him to sign the uh, reduced salary uh, extension to stay uh, with them as he comes in and leads the team to the win. Statistically not very impressive. I think he only had about 150 or so yards uh, passing. But, uh, you know, the 49ers were more disciplined uh, than they were before against the uh, Bears. 12 penalties versus Chicago uh, last Sunday. Only one. Uh, against the uh, Seahawks, which is uh, definitely not uh, granting them earn, earn, you know, opportunities and such they didn't earn uh, like they did with the, uh, the Bears. The Niner defense forced three turnovers, sacked uh, Jacoby, not Jacoby Brissett, Geno Smith uh, twice, only allowed 218 total yards, including only 36 uh, on the ground. So the defense came to play uh, once again and didn't have the penalties that allowed the Seahawks to get themselves back in the game like they did last week uh, with the Bears. The Niners win it 27-7. to So now the question is, who's going to be the backup? I heard the 49ers had some guys in uh, for tryouts because their only other backup was like, what I believe was Mr. Irrelevant, like the Purdy, the quarterback from Mississippi, I think. I think that's where he's from. But he was Mr. Irrelevant. The seventh-round pick, the last pick in the draft, was their third quarterback so I think they're uh, out there trying out some guys, uh, some veterans that can back up uh, a Jimmy G as he is the starter for the rest of the season with Trey Lance out after the ankle injury. 49ers get the win. So do I. We're at 4-6 and six now. I'm getting close. 
Now we move on to uh, Dallas, uh, where the Bengals came into town to take on the Cowboys, both teams 0-1, coming off of disappointing uh, losses. The Cowboys getting, you know, railed uh, by the uh, by the Buccaneers last week, losing 19-3. to The Bengals um, missed two opportunities to win that game against uh, Pittsburgh. The blocked extra point at the end of the game and the missed field goal uh, in overtime. The Bengals should have won. Uh, against the uh, the Steelers last week, but instead they were not able to get the job done. The Steelers come away with the win, and for the second week in a row, the Bengals lose the game as time expires with a field goal. Um, <laughs> they um, were down 17-3, to fought their way back to get it tied at 17, despite the fact the Bengals allowed, the Bengals O-line allowed six more sacks on Burrow, I read a stat online that said Burrow is on pace to be sacked 111 times this season if this pattern holds up. So, yeah, not good. Not good at all, this, especially with the money that they spent. The, they, I mean, they made some trades and things to, to rebuild this offensive line because it was the offensive line play that cost them the Super Bowl. You know, if we can get Aaron Donald blocked at the end of that game, then we have a much better chance of of you know the of the Bengals having a chance to uh to win that but instead they failed on those last two plays of the game they went out to uh I mean but he also you know got sacked nine times in that divisional game uh, against the Titans he took some shots against the Chiefs in the AFC title game as well so offensive line improvement was a focus of the offseason and it looked like they had done it but instead they're as bad if not worse than they were a year ago as far as actually protecting uh, their quarterback because they gave up another six sacks, and and you know the Bengals, who are the defending AFC champions, have lost to Cooper Rush and Mitch Trubisky in the first two weeks uh, of the season, um, and they're playing Joe Flacco and the Jets uh, next week unless Zach Wilson is coming back. He was practicing this week, so that might be his debut uh, next week against the uh, the Bengals. But uh, you know the Cowboys were able to uh, you know to help. Cooper cut uh, rush uh, propel them to victory 20 to 17. So I take another loss there, leaving me at four and seven uh, with just a few games left on the schedule. Now I move on to Denver Broncos and Texans. Uh, this was a game I probably would have tuned into had I been able to with the Texans being the next on the schedule uh, for the bears. But um, from what I understand, this was a very sloppy game uh, between these two uh, teams and you know Wilson and and Broncos were able to come out ahead. Uh, they scored ten points in the fourth quarter to take over, to overtake the Texans and and come out with the victory. The Texans struggling uh, on offense, only two hundred and thirty four total yards, two of thirteen uh, on third down uh, conversions. Uh, you know the 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 running game was was somewhat efficient. The, their their running back uh, Damian Pierce four point eight yards uh, a carry. Uh, on the afternoon, but only three field goals. They weren't able to get it into the end zone, which, you know, gives me hope about the Bears being able to be effective uh, against this team uh, on Sunday. So we'll see how it goes. It's just our offense needs to show up next week, that's for sure. Um, but, uh, you know, it wasn't pretty, but uh, Russell Wilson gets his first W in a Bronco uniform, 16-9 to over the Texans. They take the W, and so do I. So we're at 5-7. and seven. Going into our last Sunday game. And that was the third and final crazy comeback of the afternoon. 
Cardinals and Raiders in Las Vegas. Uh, the Raiders dominated the first half, so it's pretty much tail of the tape for all of these uh, games. Um, winning, they were the Bears. The Bears, the Raiders were leading twenty to nothing uh, at the half. You know, Derek Carr over two hundred yards passing uh, going into the break, but uh, in the second half, they just uh, all they could muster was a field goal, while the uh, while the Cardinals uh, figured it out, and and uh, you know. Murray is out there doing his thing, and, and as time expires, uh, he runs one in uh, from about three yards out. But, of course, he ran 60 yards to get those three yards and score and then threads the needle between, like, five people to find A.J. Green in the back of the end zone for the two-point conversion to tie it and send it to overtime. And then in overtime, Hunter Renfro actually fumbles twice in the span of, like, three plays. The Raiders were able to recover the first one, but on the second one, Byron Murphy from the Cardinals picks it up, runs it in 59 yards to take the uh, to score the the, the game winner, uh, take the victory uh, from the Raiders, 29 to 23, and I take another L there, so I'm five and eight going into the Sunday night game, and with the Monday night game still left. Sunday night game, <sighs> we all know how that one went. Bears Packers. The Bears offense scores on the opening drive, seven plays, 71 yards, only musters three points the rest of the way. 70 yards passing from Justin Fields. I mean, it, he, he was efficient, 7 of 11, so not bad, but only 11 pass attempts when we were down three scores going into uh, the half. Um, the Bears had no answer defensively for Aaron Jones, 132 yards uh, rushing, and he's just blowing through arm tackles as he's you know averaging about nine yards a carry. Uh, against the Bears. On the other hand, the Packers didn't have an answer for David Montgomery. Uh, 122 yards on 15 uh, carries. Also an uh, 8-plus yard uh, average uh, for him. But, you know, the big controversy in the game, fourth and goal from about the 3-inch line. Uh, the Bears aren't under center. We don't have, uh, you know, Kari game lined up in the eye formation in front of David Montgomery. Just hand it off to the running back, let the fullback make the hole let Montgomery plow his way through. Instead, we're in shotgun with Montgomery standing next to field, so there's still some hope we might get the ball in the right guy's hands here. Uh, and instead, Justin Fields uh, takes a running start, and instead of trying to jump over the pile and extend his arms over the goal line, he lowers his head. And the best camera angle that they could provide for us on Sunday Night Football, it looks like Justin Fields is, has got the ball over the, uh, over the goal line, which is good enough for the score. But as the replay official that works for NBC said, it's not clear and obvious that that could be a shadow. That could just be his arm. You can't really see if that is, in fact, the football. The call on the field was no touchdown. And, you know, they got to stick with the call on the field. I mean, God forbid if the call on the field had been a touchdown. I wonder how the replay would have worked out for us then. If it's not clear and obvious that it isn't a touchdown, would they still have given it to us or would they have they reversed the call? It's a fun what-if to uh, think about. Uh, but instead, that was the Bears' best chance. They were down 24-10 to 10 at that point. That would have given us a one-score uh, game with, I think, still a good chunk of the fourth quarter uh, left to go. But instead, we come away with nothing there uh, on that play. The, the Packers add a field goal, and that closes up the, win, uh, the, uh, the scoring in that ball game. You know, Aaron Rodgers wasn't dominant by any stretch, threw for about two, 250 and a couple of touchdowns. But, um, you know, it just wasn't enough for the Bears to uh, overcome this time. And Packers win 27-10. to 10. 
Silver lining is I picked the Packers, so I got that one right. So six and eight going into the Monday night games. And, uh, you know, both of these were just dominant performances by the winning teams. Uh, the Bills, as I mentioned before, 41 to seven uh, over the Titans. Uh, they were all over Tennessee from the beginning. They, they had, a, in like in the first quarter, they went tit for tat. The Bills scored on their opening drive. The Titans came right back, tied it up at seven. Then after that, the Bills run the board 34 to nothing for the rest of the uh, ball game, and the Titans have nothing. You know, the 180 yards total offense for the Titans, uh, four turnovers uh, in the game. Uh, Josh Allen was all over it, uh, 317 yards passing on 26 38 and four touchdowns. Stephon Diggs, three of those touchdowns on 12 catches for a buck 48, you know, and, and the defense putting the cherry on top with a pick six. Uh, in the fourth quarter, Bills run with it, forty-one to seven, and uh, helps me go to seven and eight going into the final contest. Eagles hosting the Vikings, uh, and the Eagles again, all over Minnesota from the beginning. Uh, jumped out to a fourteen nothing lead before uh, Cousins and company scored their only touchdown uh, of the ball game, uh, but that was the end of that because uh, defensively they shut Minnesota down, and on offense. 486 yards of total offense for the Eagles uh, on a defense that absolutely shut Green Bay down uh, last week. Uh, Jalen Hurts, who I might have to change my opinion of. He's been damn good these first two weeks, including this Monday night. 337 yards passing, 57 yards rushing, and three total uh, TDs. Uh, Kirk Cousins was sacked twice and threw three interceptions uh, as well. Uh, A couple of them to Darius Slay, who was who made Justin Jefferson a complete non-factor uh, in this ball game? The Eagles win twenty-four to seven, giving me the win and an eight and eight record. So no losing record for the big guy. Week two is eight and eight, giving me a total of seventeen, fourteen, and one on the season. So my nine, six, and one record from week one. Add the eight and eight, we got seventeen, fourteen, and one. So I'm uh, I'm above the the Mendoza line with my. Uh, with my picks, hopefully I'm uh, now I'm getting a better feel for the league as a whole, and maybe I can get uh, be a bit more efficient uh, with these picks and, and get some get double digit victories uh, next week. But by all rights, I should have won three more games than I did because I should have stuck with the Chiefs, my original pick, and the uh, the Browns and the uh, Raiders let me down. Had those big leads late in the game, pissed them away cost me victories I should have been 11 and 5 this week but the NFL didn't see it that way I'll stick with the 8 and 8 because it keeps me above 500 uh for my picks so uh anything anyway guys the last thing we have uh for the um before we take off is our player uh of the week and it's uh it's two quarterbacks that that uh, I think are the best candidates for well three actually uh we got Josh Allen uh Jalen Hurts and Tua and I don't know how you pick against the guy that threw for 469 and six touchdowns and uh, led his offense to four touchdowns on the road uh, to, uh, for a come-from-behind uh, victory. Got to go with Tua this week's uh, player uh, of the week. And uh, hopefully next week somebody will step up to uh, give me a chance not to pick a quarterback for a uh, player uh, of the week. But uh, there you have it, guys. Tua the player of the week. Larry D. 8 and 8, 17, 14 and 1 on the season. And uh, we'll see where we go uh, from here. So, anyway, guys, thanks so much 
uh, for coming in on the week two review episode uh, for the NFL on the Bears Talk Underground. Come back on Friday when we'll recap week number three and uh, talk about uh, who my picks are going to be uh, this week and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. And also, come back tomorrow on Thursday. Uh, we preview Bears-Texans with Mark Lane from Texans Wire uh, to help us preview uh, the matchup between these two interesting ball clubs. You know, the, 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 the Texans being 0-1-1 and the Bears just being 1-1 on this one looking to get back into the win column. And I think this is also going to be a real chance for the Bears to really show off on offense or show up on offense, if you will, because uh, the Texans are a solid defensive unit, but they're not the Packers or the 49ers um, you know, who were expected to shut the Bears uh, down. So uh, now that we're actually going to be playing some more middle-of-the-road defenses this week in the Texans next week in uh, the Giants now's the time for Justin Fields and Luke Getze and company to start changing opinions about what the Bears actually have uh, with this scheme and 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 all that kind of stuff because the talk about Justin Fields and the rest of the offense has not been pretty uh, for the first two weeks uh, and we're lucky to be one and one so anyway come on back for tomorrow the Bears uh, Bears Texans preview and then again on Friday for the week three preview for the NFL. And until then, my name is Larry D and this has been Bearstalk Underground. Let's jump into Pepper's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Pepper play sets. Pepper Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.